Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies. Count on real time product availability and fast delivery. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Here's Michael at the foul line. A shot on Elo. Good! The Bulls win it! They win it! Pippen runs down the lane. Dumps it out the horse. Packs it for three! Yeah! yeah! Rose crosses over the fadeaway. Got it! Let me step back and kiss myself. Oh, my MVP gosh, it's time. over. Windy City Assassin does it again. At long last, it's here, the first episode of Believe in Bulls here on the Believe Podcast Network. I'm your host, Nick Schultz. Great to be with you. Really excited to get this thing going. We put the teaser trailer out last week. And finally, the first full episode is here. I expected to be talking about a basketball game today between the Bulls and the Grizzlies. But due to COVID issues with the Grizzlies, the game has been postponed. But there's still plenty to discuss this week, even if there is no game. I'll get to all of it. But first... I want to talk a little bit about me, because some of you probably don't know me, and that's okay. I host a radio show on Loyola Chicago student radio station, WLUW, every Sunday. That's my alma mater. I graduated from Loyola in May of 2020, which was just a great time to graduate, obviously, you know, during a pandemic and whatnot. And I have four years of experience as a sports reporter for the Loyola Phoenix. I was a sports editor for a while, sports columnist. I covered the Ramblers to the Final Four in 2018, and I also do have an NBA scoop under my belt, too, about a G League contract that a Loyola player got. I was also a news intern at NBC Sports Chicago the fall semester of my senior year, which would have been fall of 2019. That was when the station got the Bulls exclusively, and I did some work with the Bulls content team, putting out some videos, helping with the pregame, postgame shows, got to go on assignment, and I'm really grateful for this opportunity with the Believe Podcast Network, and I'm grateful for all of you for listening. And this is going to be a lot of fun, and I want to tailor it to you, the listener. So if you have any thoughts at all, you can tweet me whenever you want at NickSchultz underscore 7 on Twitter. Please follow me as well. I try to be funny on there too, and I tweet about the Bulls and college basketball a lot. But definitely chime in, slide into my DMs. My DMs are open, and I'm really excited about this. And again, it's just great to talk basketball with all of you. And I wish we were talking about a game today, like I said, but due to COVID-19 protocols, the Grizzlies uh, didn't have enough players, I want to say, is what happened. And there is no Bulls-Grizzlies game tonight. This is Wednesday, January 27th, the first episode dropping on Wednesday. Every Wednesday, you'll have an episode on here. Usually, I'll preview games if there's a game that night, but obviously tonight there isn't one. But we still got a lot to talk about because the Bulls are 7-10. and 10. They could easily be 10-7 and 7 or better if, you know... A call doesn't get blown in the Warriors game, and the ball bounces another way in the other games, and the bench doesn't have to bail out the starters, which has kind of been the trend lately, especially against the Boston Celtics. On January 25th, uh, the Bulls lost to the Celtics, which wasn't totally surprising. 
I'm very high on the Bulls this year in that I do think they're a playoff team. When I say they're a playoff team, I mean the eight seed in the East playoff team. Like they're barely making the playoffs, but they should be a playoff caliber team. But I don't think they're going to beat the likes of the Celtics and the Lakers, which they, they did lose bad to the Lakers as well. But the most recent game was against the Celtics, and I mentioned the bench. The Bulls scored 103 points in the game total, and the bench scored 48 of those points. This isn't the first time that the bench has had to come through for the starters in the last week. Yes, in the last, actually, I guess the last two weeks. Against the Charlotte Hornets on January 17th, the starters scored 56 points, including 29 from Lowry Markkinen alone. The bench scored 61 points in that game to pull out the victory against the Hornets. This is a troubling trend, but we do have to take into consideration the Bulls have not been at full strength. I think they played only a couple games at full strength because of COVID protocols, and they just lost Wendell Carter for four weeks with a, deep, with a bad quad bruise, from what I understand. It was from a collision in practice with Denzel Valentine. And people are asking about changes to the starting lineup. And Jamal Collier at the Chicago Tribune does great work covering the Bulls. He took over the beat from Casey Johnson. Uh, Jamal wrote this piece, and the headline for it is Time for the Chicago Bulls to tweak the lineup after an underwhelming performance from their starters in a 119-103 loss to the Boston Celtics. And I, I get his point. It's a good article. Uh, go on to the Chicago Tribune and read it. I get what he's saying, but again, they don't have Wendell Carter, which doesn't exactly help the defensive side of it. Not that the defense was great, per se. I don't want to say the Bulls are the best defensive team in the league, because they're not. But losing Wendell hurts down low. And I I love Daniel Gafford, but he's not a starter. He needs to come off the bench. I don't. He's not ready to start yet. So that brings up, if you're going to make changes, who's starter caliber on this team? I mean, you could throw Garrett Temple, I guess, in the starting lineup. And that's just because he's a journeyman who's he's been on a lot of teams, has a lot of experience. Maybe he'd be good in the starting lineup, but at that point you're going small. So do you keep Tomas Sadoransky on the bench or do you start Sadoransky? Because Sadoransky is a true point guard, which is one of the Bulls' biggest needs. I have more on that in a little bit. But I like Tomas Sadoransky. I really do. I like his game. I like what he brings in terms of leadership. But he's not exactly starter material. And I'm even looking at his, his stats when he was in Washington with the Wizards, he started three games out of 57 played his first season, 30 games in 2017-2018, that's his second season, out of 73 games, and then 54 games out of 80 in his third year. And then he came to the Bulls and started almost every game, which I don't really want to talk about last year that much because I do think last year ended up being a lost year of sorts because Jim Boylan was the coach. And if you've listened to my radio show, if you've followed me on Twitter, you know that I am not at all a Jim Boylan fan. And I don't want to look at last year like, oh, he started almost every game last year. I don't want to look at that. That's not a good indicator. Last year was not good. It should have been better, and it wasn't. And I'm really glad the Bulls overhauled the front office, brought in Arturis Karnaschovas and Mark Eversley, and then brought in Billy Donovan as coach because – Billy Donovan has done some really good things for this team. But his biggest question right now is if he's going to make any changes, what's he going to do in the starting lineup? You heard, you heard what I just said about Sadoransky. I don't think he's starter material on this team. 
I mean, maybe on this team he could be, but if you want to win, I think he's better off coming off the bench because in your starting lineup, you've got, you've got Zach Levine, you've got Kobe White, you've got Lowry Markkinen. And, I do, and Lowry's taken a huge leap this year. So do you throw Garrett Temple in there instead of Patrick Williams? Do you, does Patrick Williams come off the bench? I mean, he's your fourth overall pick, but he, he's a project. And I, mean that, I don't mean that in a bad way. I just mean he's a project in that he's raw. He's talented. He's got the talent. He's shown some really good signs this year. But it might not be the worst thing for him to come off the bench. So at that point, maybe swap in Garrett Temple. Because Temple jumped in when Williams was out. What do, you, what do you do, have a hip bruise or something? Temple jumped in the lineup. So maybe Garrett Temple. Other than that, I'm not sure there's anyone else really that can be a good replacement in this starting lineup. And again, it, it all comes back to Wendell Carter's out for four weeks. And this is the third year now that Wendell is missing significant time with an injury. So now you got Daniel Gafford in the lineup, which again, I, I love Daniel Gafford. I do. He's a fan favorite, but I don't really like him in the starting lineup. He's a big body and he can do some good things offensively and defensively. I mean, he can block shots all day. He's still got some work to do to get to the next level. And having him in the starting lineup isn't ideal, but it's the hand you're dealt. You've got to play the hand you're dealt in this case. And I do trust Billy Donovan. I trust him way more than I trusted Jim Boylan. And that was one thing I said when Billy took over is that the Bulls now have instant credibility. I mean, they're 7-10 and 10 right now. They're setting franchise records right now for points on offense. And listen to these stats from my guys at NBC Sports Chicago, NBC Sports Bulls. The last two years, hear me out here, bear, bear with me. The last two years, the Bulls ranked 27th in points per game, 26th in field goal percentage, 21st in three-point percentage, 26th in free throws made, and 25th in assists. Let's look at this year now. Fourth in points per game, seventh in field goal percentage, seventh in three-point in three-point field goal percentage, seventh in three-point percentage, sixth in free throws made, tenth in assists. The crazy thing is, this is almost the exact same roster outside of Garrett Temple and Patrick Williams. That hundred at seventeen point eight points per game, by the way, would be a new franchise record. The previous record was 114.9 points per game in 1969-1970. That shows you just how far this team has come in just having a coach. And that was the problem last year. You kept hearing it. I listened to all of Media Day last year with Gar Foreman, John Paxson, and Jim Boylan because I was working that day. I had to log Media Day. And if, if you know how to log video, if you're into journalism, if you don't know, it's sitting there listening to it and marking where quotes start. I had to listen to that entire thing, and I kept hearing them say, we're a playoff team, we're a playoff team. Yes, they were a playoff team last year, but they didn't have a coach who could get them there. Now, they have a guy like Billy Donovan who went to the playoffs five straight years with Oklahoma City and had five different rosters in the process. So the fact that this guy's doing this now, he was as I don't think you could get a better hire. I mean, he was the best guy in the market. I remember thinking at the time, like, maybe call him. You're not going to get him, but maybe call him. And now you're seeing what happens having a guy like that, and you have a player development staff instead of just one guy, and you have Maurice Cheeks and all these other great assistant coaches on there. You're seeing the numbers translate.
but these numbers will translate more if you have that starting lineup. And the starting lineup is young. To give you an idea, I'm 22 years old. I'm older than two of these guys. I think I'm the same age as Wendell Carter Jr. So let's I count Wendell as a starter in this case. So three of the starters, I'm the same age or they're younger than me. Like I said, I'm 22. So you get again, you play the hand you're dealt. You play the cards you're dealt. And now without Wendell Carter, you've got a couple options. You can have done you can have Daniel Gafford in the lineup, I guess. It's not gonna work great, but he can be in the lineup. Or you can go small ball. And at that case, in that case, if you go small ball, you need a true point guard. And you've heard what I said about Tomas Sadoransky. I think he's good. I don't think he's starter caliber. I think he's one of those guys who can come in off the bench. Who is starter caliber, though? I mean, Kobe White is being looked at as a point guard. You've heard Billy Donovan say it. You've heard Arturis Karnaschobis say it. You've heard Kobe say it. He's acting as a point guard. And the numbers are there. I mean, I think he's putting together a pretty solid year, even though he had a little bit of a he had a goose egg the other night. He put up no points. And he had a couple of rebounds and the assists weren't there. Just I don't think he was all his game just wasn't all there that night. But you look at his stats for the year as a whole, 5.6 assists and 15.2 points per game. So yeah, he's he's looking like the true point guard of the future here. But if you're the Bulls, you want to make the playoffs. And if you're going to make the playoffs, you're without Wendell Carter. Even if you had Wendell Carter, you still need that that true point guard. And maybe move, I've been a big advocate of move Kobe White to the two, move Zach Levine to the three. Have a guy who can facilitate. Well, yesterday, my buddy Sham Sharania over at The Athletic in his inside pass had this little snippet in there. A team that is expected to be prominent in the trade market picture rival teams expect. The New Orleans Pelicans. Anyone know where I'm going with this? Franchise is off to an uneven 5-10 start to the season. New Orleans has been receiving calls about the availability of Lonzo Ball and J.J. Redick and has shown openness to discussing trades around both with interested teams, sources tell The Athletic. So that's an interesting note from Shams. And Bulls fans are like, okay, you know what? Yeah, like Lonzo Ball's name and the rumors, the Bulls are always in trade rumors with Lonzo. Maybe they can make a run at him, and then people are joking about it on Twitter. Well, then my pal Brandon Scoop B. Robinson over at Heavy tweeted, the Chicago Bulls have interest in Pelicans point guard Lonzo Ball, I'm hearing. Clippers, Knicks, Magic, Raptors, and Mavs do also as reported last week. So, there's smoke there. Lonzo Ball to the Bulls. Now, when this came out, the first this is not the first time we've heard Lonzo rumors, by the way. This has happened the last couple years. You kept hearing, oh, Lonzo Ball to the Bulls. What would Lonzo look like in a Bulls uniform? Like, what would it take to get Lonzo? Would you take Lonzo? Well, you'd also be stuck with his dad, LeVar. But it's an interesting question now with this Bulls team in particular because, as I said, they have a coach. They have playoff hopes. They, they could make the playoffs this year, but they need that piece. And he is a solid, true point. Looking at his stats for this year, 12 points per game, that's a career high over 11. 12 points per game, that's a career high after 11.8 points per game last year was a previous high. 
Now let's look at his assist numbers. He's averaging 4.7 assists per game. Last year was at 7, so that's down a little bit. But we're only through 12 games, which is why at the 12 points per game, like I take it with a grain of salt. But you got to look at the sample size now. 12 points per game, 4.7 assists per game. Now, I just told you that Kobe White's averaging 5.6 assists per game. So with that in mind, maybe this, maybe you stick with Kobe. Maybe make him the true point. Kobe's young. Kobe White's almost 21 years old. He's only been in the league a year and a half. And last year was with Jim Boylan. I don't even count that, even though he was all rookie. I don't really count that against him. Maybe bringing in a guy like Lonzo Ball would not be so bad. I can't believe I'm saying that, but I'm saying that. It's got to be for the right price, though. You don't want to overpay for Lonzo Ball. I don't want to hear about first-round draft picks. I don't want to hear about core guys. If you can dump Cristiano Felicio to New Orleans, they can take him. Actually, they can take him for nothing. Maybe Denzel Valentine, because as I've said on my live show the last couple weeks, maybe it's time to move on from Denzel Valentine, especially with the fact that he's the one who collided with Wendell Carter and Wendell's out four weeks, and the fact that Denzel tried to make a really fun pass the other night against the Lakers and threw it out of bounds when nobody was there, or the fact that Denzel tends to be a ball hog and shoot, shoot, shoot when he should get that one extra pass out there instead of forcing a shot. I think it's time to move on for Denzel Valentine. Maybe throw him in a package for Lonzo Ball. But I don't think this would be a bad move at all. Because then, like I said, move Kobe to the two. Move Zach to the three. Let Lonzo give those guys the shots. Because, I mean, Lonzo can shoot too. I mean, you, you're a point guard. You've got to be able to shoot a little bit too. But if, if you're moving Kobe White to the two, you can have two point guards out there, essentially. One shoot first, one pass first. You got Zach at the three. He can shoot. He can sh he's a shooter. He shoots lights out. Lowry Markinen at the four or the five. Actually, Lowry would probably fall to the five in this case. And then you can throw Patrick Williams or Garrett Temple in at the four. Because Lowry can be a stretch five. What that would enable Billy Donovan to do. He'd be able to space out the floor. He'd have shooters all around. And you can... Even and Patrick Williams, he's not really known for the three-point shot, but he's doing decent. He's he's better with the 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 fake and the pull-up twenty-one footer. I mean, he is automatic with that. That would be a solid lineup of Lonzo, Kobe White, Zach Levine, Patrick Williams, and Lowry Markkinen. Or if Billy wants to put Patrick Williams on the bench, throw Garrett Temple in there. I wouldn't be disappointed with Garrett Temple starting. I mean, the leadership is there. It's a young lineup. Having an older guy would not be the worst thing in the world. So I would not hate a trade for Lonzo Ball. I wouldn't hate it. I don't know if I'd necessarily like full-on advocate for it. I would not be all for it, like do whatever it takes, like I am with the Bears and Deshaun Watson. But it wouldn't hurt. What would be the harm? I want to hear someone tell me why it would hurt the Bulls to bring in a guy like Lonzo Ball. And if anyone has a reason, tweet me, DM me, whatever. But I, looking at this roster, I think he'd be an improvement in a way because I think Sadoransky is a good backup. And I think, rotationally speaking, if Lonzo started and Sadoransky came off the bench, that would be a good second unit. That'd be, that'd be 
really good because you've got a guy like Lonzo who can facilitate. He's obviously going to have to come out of the game. He can't play all 48 minutes. Bring in Sadoransky, and Sadoransky can pick up the baton, and then Lonzo goes back in, and it's vice versa. I would not hate a trade for Lonzo Ball. That's kind of where I'm at with it. I wouldn't, I don't know if I'd love it necessarily, but I also wouldn't hate it. That's kind of where I'm coming from with it. I wouldn't hate it. Because again, I read you the numbers 12 points per game, 4.7 assists per game. Now, like I said, Kobe White's averaging more points and assists per game as a whole. But the Pelicans are struggling this year. The Bulls have a better record than the Pelicans. So that's going to kind of impact the stats a little bit because if you're not making the baskets, the assist numbers aren't going to be there. I mean, that's just how it works. I mean, I've watched plenty of Pelicans games this year where Lonzo's made the pass and Brandon Ingram or somebody misses the shot. It happens quite a bit. So he's making the passes, but the shots just don't fall. Therefore, the assist numbers are low. That's Again, that's just how that works. There's no way around it. So bring Lonzo to a team like the Bulls where you've got a Kobe White, who's a good shooter. You've got a Zach Levine, who's a good shooter. You've got Lowry Markkinen, who's taken big steps as a shooter this year. I think that's a good recipe for success and a playoff push. Let's look ahead to what's next, because there are... I'm, I'm planning to do episodes at least to start every Wednesday, so it'll be once a week to start. Maybe once we get this thing going a little bit, once season picks up again, we'll have two episodes a week. So until the next episode, there are three games beforehand, starting with a game against the Portland Trailblazers, January 30th. That game's at 5 p.m. Central. Now, the, the thing with these game times, they've been moved back a little bit because the NBA wants to make sure the COVID-19 tests are done before the game and they get the results before the game. That way you don't have anything happen during the game. Like when Seth Curry found out he was positive during the game, and most I want to say most of the 76ers had to quarantine. So the game times are going to be weird. So versus Portland, January 30th, 5 p.m. Now, speaking of Portland, let's jump in the Wayback Machine here, Mr. Peabody. Let's go back a little bit in the season here. Earlier in the year in Portland, when the Bulls, came back. I was not going to stay up for this game. The Bulls came back to beat Portland 111-108. So the Bulls had beaten Portland once this month. I could see it happening again. This time, of course, at the United Center, again, 5 p.m. tip-off. I think that's going to be a good game. I don't think Portland will have C.J. McCollum. He's still out with an injury. Obviously, they still have Damian Lillard. But without C.J. McCollum, I like the Bulls in that one. I have not seen, I don't even know if there's a spread out yet for that. Again, this is Wednesday at noon I'm recording this, so I don't think there's a spread out yet, even though the Bulls are very profitable against the spread. I want to say they're like 8-3 and three against the spread in their last 11 games. So food for thought if you're into sports betting. We'll definitely talk some betting aspects as well on the show as we get moving here. And then moving on to February 1st, an old friend comes to town, the New York Knicks. February 1st and 3rd, that's Tom Thibodeau's teams. And Tibbs making a run at Coach of the Year this year. You've heard, it, you've heard his name come up in Coach of the Year conversations a couple times. And I know people are, he, he's hearing it about how he's using R.J. Barrett and everything. But I, it's going to be a cool storyline having Tibbs come back to town February 1st and 3rd. 
Like I said, both those games are at the United Center. We'll have a new episode coming out that Wednesday before the next game. That'll be before the game. We'll preview it, talk about the last couple games. I'm also going to have guests on the show here. Once Again, once we get moving, I'm kind of finding my footing with this on the fly. So if you have any suggestions or anything, like definitely hit my line, hit me up. But definitely expect a new episode before that second Knicks game. We'll recap the first Knicks game and the Blazers game. Preview that second game of Tom Thibodeau's return to the United Center. I, I, I miss Tibbs. I do. I, I mean, I'm not saying he's not at fault for what happened to Derrick Rose way back when with his knee. But when Tibbs was here, the guy won. That was my golden era of Bulls basketball because you heard me say I'm 22. So if you do the math, I was born in July of 98. Bulls won their last title in June of 98. So I missed the dynasty by a month, and the Bulls haven't done much since. So you can, I guess, blame me. Don't blame me. I don't care whatever floats your boat. But that was the golden era of my Bulls fandom, was watching Derrick Rose and Taj Gibson and Joakim Noah and Jimmy Butler and Carlos Boozer. I mean, that was my prime Bulls fandom. Who could forget Kirk Heinrich and Kyle Korver as well? So the Tibbs teams were, that, those were my teams. I love those teams. So seeing Tibbs come back to town, I'm excited. That might be one of the themes I go with for next week's episode is the return of Tom Thibodeau, how he's doing in New York, how the fans are reacting to him in New York, because New York basketball fans, they like to win. And the fact that Tibbs is winning and then now they're criticizing him because of how he's using R.J. Barrett, that might be a big topic of conversation on next week's show. I'm going to go ahead and end it here. I do want to thank you all for listening. Again, please subscribe to the show. It's available on Apple, Spotify, Stitcher, wherever you get your podcasts. I will tweet out the show on my Twitter at NickSchultz underscore seven. Feel free to follow along. Again, very excited to be on this journey. This was a very fun first episode. I'm looking forward to more as we go forward in this crazy 2021 season, the COVID season. It's going to be a wild ride. It's going to be a roller coaster. Let's take this roller coaster ride together. That's all we have for this week. Thank you again, everybody. Have a great week. Talk to you next Wednesday on the Believe in Bulls podcast here on the Believe Podcast Network. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.